0: Catch a pitch from the Carham Footy Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johanerson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide
0: Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. normal football clubs. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
1: Number 43 in the 50 most relevant for the 2020 fantasy footy season is St. Kilda St. Dylan Robertson. He was a surprise packet premium a few years ago, then sadly, his health has stopped his ability to fully live up to his potential, but he's up and firing at the moment. There is plenty of stuff to talk about, Dylan. Uh, joining me to do so uh, for his first podcast of the year, i got Tim. Hello, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Yourself? Yeah, well, good. Well, you're about to get back to work, mate. So that's... It's not great, but look, it's fine. I'm sure you're a happy employee in what you're doing in life. And let's talk about Dylan. 28 years old defender. Nothing from his 2019 stats to talk about. Uh, He was ruled out throughout the entirety of the year. Thankfully, he's been given the medical all clear now. But those heart conditions uh, that surfaced a a little bit a few years ago in uh, 2018 ruled him out uh, across the 2019 season as such. He is priced at an insanely low price, Tim. Uh, $260,400 in Supercoach, just over $325,000 in AFL Fantasy and just under three hundred and twenty dollars in AFL Dream Team. And when we talk about Dylan Robertson, and Tim, it, it's been a really tough couple of years for him over the past couple of years. He opened up the 2018 season um, you know, with 190 odd in Supercoach. However, just three weeks later, uh, I remember watching the game down at Geelong. Um, just collapsed suddenly in the game. No one hit the time, but it turned out he had an irregular heartbeat, and it meant from that point on and now throughout all of the twenty nineteen season, we haven't seen Dylan Robertson at AFL level.
0: No, that's right. That's right. I think he um had the same thing happen in the preseason last year too, didn't he? Sort of got all the advice and tried to come back, and it um he's. He's got a permanent defibrillator installed that just sort of went off on him. So, I mean, good sign is that it sort of does its job, I suppose. But, um, yeah, it's been a a big couple of years for him just trying to make sure that he's all right and he's okay to play. And I know he's had a lot of different medical advice and Mm. the AFL's ticked it off and all that. So um, hopefully it's, uh, it's, it's all behind him now.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're right. The club and the AFL and Dylan and his doctors have all done the right due diligence, taken the right precautions to take care of his long-term health, not just to get a footy player back on the field, but to to take care of him as a person, which they have certainly done that. That defibrillator uh, is installed in his chest, as you mentioned. He also takes regular medication. um, And the club are regularly monitoring his heart rate as well. So, look, the positive for Dylan and you know, potential fantasy owners is he's currently completing a modified preseason program. However, those modifications are more so just to keep him regularly monitored. Both he and the club, though, are really confident he's going to be ready to go round one. and That's exciting for us because a few years ago, he averaged over 90 across all the formats of the game. And we're paying, again, depending on the format, anywhere from as low as 260000 to as much is 330,000. So he he's a potential insane value that year that he was priced incredibly cheap that I want to allude to was back in 2017. In Supercoach that year he averaged 92.5, um went over the 100 marker in 8 games including a huge 149 against the Hawks. For dream team and fantasy coaches, well he averaged 90 that year as well, 8 tons, 3 of them over 120. And as strong as those early numbers were, it was actually his first 12 games of the year were even more impressive because the first 12 rounds of that season, he was going at 102 in AFL fantasy and dream team and 104 in super coach. So for a guy that's under 330 K in all formats, we're getting a guy who's capable of going on huge runs and averaging a significant amount for us.
0: Well, look, I mean, if you could guarantee that he was going to go back to those averages, you'd, you'd just have to start him, wouldn't you, at those prices? I mean, if he's going to average 90 in, uh, in any format, um priced at two hundred and sixty or three hundred and thirty thousand, then um I mean for sure, we pick him, so I guess it's just a matter of us working out. Is he straight back into the best twenty two is he back into his good role? Um, is he going to keep scoring those points because if the answer to all of those is yes, well, then I think I think you're putting him in your starting team.
1: Well, I think so, and that really does become the thing about what are the justifications and the reasons, um, you know, for for selecting him. I I genuinely believe um, he is in the St Kilda best side. He he will take a little bit of time. We're talking about already, you know, this preseason, we've already talked about a number of guys coming off injuries and to anticipate that they will start a little bit slower. Yesterday we talked about Callan Ward. Earlier in the week, we, you know, in the podcast, we talked about Tom Duday. You know, these guys that are coming off significant injuries, significant time off. Don't expect them to come straight back to their very peak of their powers. Rather, knowing it's going to take two, three, four, five weeks for them to get back into the rhythm of of AFL football. But, Look, at his price point, he's so difficult to ignore. And it's not just because he's had one great season. Back in 2015, when he first moved to St. Kilda after being at Fremantle, he played 20 games and averaged 82.8 in Fantasy and Dream Team, four tons that year. And Supercoach, he averaged 90.5 and had five scores over 100, um, all of which were over 115. So he's got the potential and the capacity. And arguably, he, he could turn into a season-long keeper, and maybe even push into the top 15 defenders for the year. Again, if everything goes right with his health.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I think you just mentioned, so he's basically had two and a couple of games, two really good seasons from fantasy point of view, where he scored um, or averaged over 80 or over 90 as a defender. And they've generally coincided with the years that he's been able to play that role with the Saints, where the other Saints defenders look for him to take it out of the back line. And he's had, you know, a lot of rebound fifties and marks and that sort of thing. Um, I think the year in between those 16. 2016, 2016, So he basically wasn't able to have that role as much. So I think a few people got burned starting him in, in that year. And he just mm. didn't quite have the same point scoring role. So, uh, do you think he would be back to his regular role? I mean, obviously he hasn't had that role for the past two seasons cause he's been out. And I think Josh battle had it a bit last year and, uh, and other players. So do you think he'd be the, the man straight being in, into that role next year?
1: Yeah, look, I what do think so. And it'll be interesting to see how Brett Rutten does structure up his side, even though he got a number of games to the back end of last year as coach. Um, the way they did choose to structure up was probably playing more with, with probably three talls um, more than anything else. Um, look, Wilkie, you know, who played in the back line too, was over 190 centimetres, you know, so they've really to end the year they were playing Carlisle, Brown Wilkie and Rowe um, you know battle was in there as well so I, I do seem to think that they, they'll they look to play multiple talls Carlisle and the brand new inclusion in Dougal Howard I think they're the ones that are going to hold down that key defensive sort of roles and then players like a Wilkie Battle um, and a Robertson are, are going to be given a little bit of ability to play small tall if required depending on the matchups but yeah, look, Dylan Robertson for me is pretty safely inside that best twenty-two. Uh, he does give them the ability to play him in in multiple positions, um, and, and given his flexibility shown, and even when we talk about his, you know, his height and and you know, he's one ninety-four, but he's actually quite an agile player. So yeah, I'm quite confident that. He's going to be fine in getting in there, and the addition of Dougal Howard's going to make him a really great pick, and look, he could turn into this year's Zach Williams and Brodie Smith for us.
0: Yeah, and the advantage of his price, too, is that you don't have to have him end up as a, a back premium no. either. You only need him to make a certain amount of money, and then you have the decision to make whether it's worth keeping him or whether he's done his job, so... I guess we don't really, as long as he's playing round one, uh, you don't really have to make that decision on him until he's played a few games.
1: Yeah, and and look, he doesn't have to go 90. You're right at that price point. You know, uh, an average of 80, um, which is considerably less on what we've seen him do between now and his multi-buy round. Uh, Like, that's a significant gain for us as well. So look at that price point. If he's fit, and obviously it's making sure his health um, is the key factor in this, I just don't see how I can say no to him at that price. If he was 450000 yeah, maybe I'd have a little bit more hesitation. But at that price point, I don't see any risk. The only reason I can see someone being hesitant around him um, is they're genuinely convinced he won't intercept and he'll play lockdown defensive role. Or they're scared off him being on the round 12 buy, but I don't think that's an excuse, because given you'll get 11 weeks of price rises out of it.
0: Yeah, and I think, look, the only other uh, reason and um, touch wood, it doesn't happen, but I'm sure some people will be wary of him having a, a third issue because if he if it does happen, if his defibrillator does kick in again, which is a good sign that it's keeping him safe, but mm. it just might mean that, you know, he's at small risk of it happening again. If it happens early in a the game, then that's sort of a, a low score on someone's field, um just to mention it, because I know some people will have that in their mind. I think, yes. look, he's missed two years with it. It's happened on two occasions. Is there a risk of it happening again? So it's uh, it's something to keep in mind. But I I would imagine the risk is quite low.
1: Yeah. No. Look, I think so too. Look, for me right now, it feels like a fairly straightforward selection. Again. Barring he keeps checking off all the medical boxes. We see him through the pre-season games. Uh, he's, right now, he's locked in at pretty much D4 for me in all of the formats. and We see him doing full training and playing. I'm pretty much going to lock him in and throw away the key. What about you?
0: I'll look, at this stage, yeah, he'd, um, he'd be in. But again, I just keep tabs on his pre-season, see how he's going closer to uh, closer to round one, I suppose. If he yep. picked round one, it's, um, it'd be hard to say no.
1: No, I think um, so. Yeah, I think so. What, what do you do in drafts, though, with him? Because it's really fascinating to me because, again, depending when your timing is of the draft, how close it is to the preseason, how much we've seen of Dylan, might create a variable about how early he goes in a draft. But he's got the potential to actually score at a D2 level, but you'll probably be picking him up as a D4. Gosh, maybe even a D5, depending on you know the kind of coaches you find yourself drafting against.
0: Yeah, that's right. And um, look, if he does have everything go right and he ends up scoring like a, a D2 for you, then um, the worst thing that can happen is that you're in a draft with someone else who thinks that and thinks, right, well, I'd better pick him as my D2 and you're like, look, there's no value there and you've stolen one of my guys from a few rounds later down the track. And you're like, ah. You know, there's no <laughs> point drafting him at D2 because you no. can get someone else who doesn't have the risk who 100%. most likely will be a D2. So you want to pick him and go for a bit of value. The only question is... Whether you think he gives more value than someone else and whether you're getting ahead of him. So, um, certainly if you can get him at your D4 or, or later, that'd be um, pretty good value, you'd think.
1: Well, yeah, you, you talk about guys that are, are likely a, a D2 selection. Um, potentially, you could be looking at options. You know, depending on the formats you're playing, you could be looking at guys like Sicily, Dawson, Johannesson, um You know, Cade Simpson might be a bit of a stretch through there. You know, a a Nick Vloston with now no Alex Rance. He should be good. Hunter Clark, Wayne Miller. Like, these are all guys that are scattered through their averages, you know, in terms of rank around the 20s and 30s across the formats. There's no way you're picking Dylan Robertson ahead of these guys.
0: No, that's right. Yeah, you just, there's no real need to because you wouldn't expect that uh, even if things go well, that he'd score much different to those guys anyway.
1: Yeah. No, I think so, man. All right, uh, appreciate your thoughts today as we've talked about Dylan Robertson. No worries. If Dude. you want to get, no, mate, my pleasure. Look, if you want to go and check out the article uh, about him or any of the other players revealed so far in the 50 Most Relevant, you can go and check that out at coachespanel.tv. If you're loving the podcast episodes, please leave a five star rating and review. Tell others about this great fantasy football resource that you have found. And if you want exclusive and early access content, uh, to get these podcasts and other bits of content early well you can join our Patreon army at coachespanel.tv has got all your links Louis uh, has just joined in so well done to you mate you are now ahead of the game when it comes to the 50 most relevant and getting some exclusive content we're getting close to wrapping up the 40s of the 50 most relevant and tomorrow Tim I think I might get you back because there's an absolute cracker I want to talk to you about